turbulent times call for clear-headed insight. That's hard to come by these days, especially on TV. That's where we come in. Salem News Channel has the greatest collection of conservative minds all in one place. People you know and trust, like Dennis Prager, Eric Metaxas, Charlie Kirk, and more. Unfiltered, unapologetic truth. Find what you're searching for at snc.tv and on Local Now Channel 525. Hey everyone, unless you've been living under a rock, you know that Harvard has been under fire a lot recently. It started out, of course, with the petition that was signed by over 30 student groups saying that they hold Israel, quote, entirely responsible for Hamas's terrorist attack against them on October 7th. Then the onslaught against Harvard rightfully continued when President Claudine Gay went before Congress and said, eh, well, calling for the genocide of Jews depends on the context, according to our university's bullying and harassment codes. But then most recently, there was another big story. And that was that Claudine Gay was found to have allegedly plagiarized several scholars' works. One of those scholars is Dr. Carol Swain, who is a prolific author and educator who taught at Princeton and Vanderbilt University. Her work has been cited by three in three uh, Supreme Court cases. And I recently guest hosted for Dennis Prager on his national radio show. And I was honored to welcome on Dr. Carol Swain to talk about these allegations of plagiarism. I want all of you to see this interview because I think it's very important not only to expose the wrong that has been done against Carol Swain, but also because of what it indicates about the state of higher education in our country. I'm Julie Hartman, and this is Timeless. everyone and welcome to Timeless. It is great as always to be with you. Just as a reminder that in addition to Timeless, which is every Tuesday, Wednesday and Thursday on this channel, you can also catch my show with Dennis Prager, Dennis and Julie, which is every Monday at one o'clock Pacific, four o'clock Eastern. You know, in addition to Timeless and Dennis and Julie, I also guest host for the Salem Media Group's nationally syndicated talk radio shows. And I especially, or I guess uh, most commonly guest host for Dennis Prager. And the other day, by the way, I said that was a little weirdly, Dennis Prager, uh, you can tell I'm a little tired from having guest hosted. But uh, recently I guest hosted for Dennis Prager and uh, I interviewed Dr. Carol Swain, as you know from the introduction And I'm not trying to shirk you for a timeless episode. I'm always down to chat with you about anything and everything. But I thought that this interview was so important that it deserves to stand alone as its own episode for you to listen to. So please enjoy. And as always, feel free to write in to me at julie at julie-hartman.com with any of your thoughts. And I especially want to know what you think as far as the last question I asked Dr. Swain, and that is, should Claudine Gay resign as president of Harvard University for these allegations of plagiarism alone? Putting aside Harvard's reaction to October 7th, putting aside her congressional testimony, how should Harvard punish 
these allegations of plagiarism. Let me know your thoughts. And again, as I said, enjoy the interview. I am so delighted to be joined by Carol Swain this hour. Dr. Swain is a big hero of mine. She was instrumental in my uh, transformation from radical leftist to conservative. I encountered her work when I found PragerU. So I'm delighted to be talking with her for that reason. And also, Dr. Swain wrote a editorial in yesterday's Wall Street Journal called Claudine Gay and My Scholarship, in which Dr. Swain stated that Miss Gay, the president of my alma mater, Harvard, plagiarized from her 1993 book and also her 1997 article. These are two pieces of work by Dr. Swain, which again, she alleges the president of Harvard plagiarized from. Born into abject poverty in rural Virginia, Dr. Swain earned five degrees and obtained early tenure at Princeton, a full professorship at Vanderbilt where she was a professor of political science and a professor of law. In addition to these into excuse me, in addition to three presidential appointments, Dr. Swain is a former distinguished senior fellow for constitutional studies with the Texas Public Policy Foundation, having also served on the Tennessee Advisory Committee to the US Civil Rights Commission, the National Endowment for the Humanities, and the 1776 Commission. She Her work has been cited three times by the U.S. Supreme Court, and she has authored or edited 11 published books and numerous opinion pieces for major national publications. She's the founder and CEO of Carol Swain Enterprises, and she's also a mother, grandmother, and get ready for this, a great grandmother, too. Dr. Swain, thank you so much for your time today. Thank you for having me on. It was so fascinating to read your editorial in yesterday's Wall Street Journal again, where you stated that the president of Harvard plagiarized two pieces of your work, a 1993 book and a 1997 article, and you outlined very well the damage that this has done to you. Of course, when anybody quotes from someone else and doesn't cite it, that is enough of damage because it's a form of theft. You're stealing their intellectual property. But also you talked about how your prestige as a scholar really depends on how often your work is cited and also that you were, you know, seminary in in this work, uh, seminal, excuse me, in this work and how when Dr. Gay didn't cite you, she was discounting all of the work that you did uh, in this realm of study. When did you, Dr. Swain, find out that the president of Harvard had plagiarized two pieces of your work? It was a, a Sunday a week ago that oh, wow. in the evening, people started calling me and I received an email to go look at Chris Rufo's uh Twitter page. And so I did, and I saw that he had found two uh, two instances where Claudine Gay had borrowed from, my, well, I mean, stolen parts of my work and not uh, cited it. That, um, at the time, I thought, well, maybe it was accidental. I wanted to look at her published works, works because I had not followed her career. Monday, I read through and skimmed through several of her articles, and that's when I became very concerned. I was not so concerned about the passages because the passages that 
she did not uh, put quotation marks around or attribute to me. That 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 those were it was just laziness because those are not like major ideas. It was not the major thesis. It was just parts of um, my work that I guess she felt it fit it it fit perfectly into whatever she was writing at that time. But how she has harmed me is that her work is derivative of mine. And my book, Black Faces, Black Interests, was a path-breaking work. That was the book that earned me tenure at Princeton, early tenure. It received three national prizes, including the highest prize a political scientist can win. It was selected by Library Choice magazine as one of the four outstanding books of 1994, and it did receive uh, three Supreme Court sites, and it was cited in many lower court uh, uh, decisions. And it was considered the seminal work on minority representation, minority congressional representation, and it was cited in voting rights cases. My contention is that when I read her work, and I'm reading her dissertation now, is that she does not properly acknowledge that she is building on my work. Uh, and as a scholar, what you're supposed to do, if, if you are working in an area where someone has already uh, established, you, uh, if you're challenging that work, you outline that work, you challenge it, or you affirm it, or you expand it. But she will have a citation in her bibliography without really saying that she's building on my work. And then in a few places where she might, in her dissertation, refer to my work, it is like, you know, it's just to discount it or distort it. She doesn't really engage it in a way that you would expect for someone who's clearly building on someone else's work and using their ideas. And anyone who would read Black Faces, Black Interests and read her uh, dissertation and the research can clearly see what she's trying to do. And I think that was a greater harm because of the fact that in the profession, your stature is dependent on how many citations you get. If someone is working in your area and they are ignoring your work and not citing it where they should be citing it, that's a problem. Mm. Yes, you write here in the Wall Street Journal, when scholars aren't cited adequately or their work is ignored, it harms them because academic stature is determined by how often other researchers cite your work. And you go on to say, Miss Gay had no problem writing on the coattails of people whose work she used without proper attribution. Many of those whose work she pilfered aren't as incensed as I am. They are elites who have benefited from a system that protects its own. So you say that you are not the only one who was, uh, whose work was plagiarized by the president of Harvard. Who are those other individuals who you say she took from? Well, uh, one of the most prominent ones would be Lawrence Bobo uh, and Frank Gillian. Lawrence Bobo is a professor at Harvard. He's been there for a long time. Uh, he said that it was fine with him. He didn't have a problem with it. Uh, her dissertation advisor, Gary King, there are sections of her dissertation that comes from his work, he said was okay. And most of the scholars have said uh, <laughs> that it's okay, including a scholar where I've read that a large section of her dissertation came from an article that he wrote. Uh, that, but the professor that said it was okay also said 
that um, th that Harvard not holding her accountable is problematic because he tries to teach his students about plagiarism. Part of my contention and why I can't let this go is that it will have a downstream harm effect on higher education beyond Harvard. And I think that people should look very closely at what Harvard is doing. They are elevating DEI, diversity, equity, and inclusion, above uh, even protecting their own brand. And so clearly, uh, Dr. Or Claudine Gay, some people are not sure she even earned her doctorate, but Claudine Gay clearly has violated uh, the professional norms when it comes to citing other people's work. And she has engaged in what is clear plagiarism. In fact, Harvard is having her go back and fix uh, citations in two of her papers, but they have not uh, ordered her to fix her dissertation. Quite a bit of the, the um, plagiarism occurred in the dissertation. Harvard is clearly in decline. And if they continue to keep Claudine Gay on as their president, they will have made a decision that DEI is more important to them than protecting their brand. And it won't just affect higher education. It will also affect K through 12. You write about this DEI complex in your most recent book, The Adversity of Diversity, which I see for those who are watching is right over Dr. Swain's left shoulder. I, I love that book. I, I want to know, do you think that Dr. Gay, let's say she didn't plagiarize your work or any other of the scholars' work who you mentioned, do you think that she was qualified enough to be the president of Harvard. I mean, you referenced this in your editorial in the Wall Street right. Journal. You said, quote, tenure at a top-tier institution normally demands groundbreaking originality. Her work displays none. Do you think that she should be the president I, of Harvard? I don't think she should have been tenured by Stanford University. If she had not plagiarized her work, her work would have qualified her for tenure at some institution, but not at the Ivy League. And that uh, is how I feel about that. But now that we know that it's documented that she didn't just plagiarize sections from my work, but also from other people's works, I think that it would be just disqualifying. If Harvard wants to keep her on their faculty, uh, like the University of Pennsylvania kept its former president on, that's their business. I don't have a problem if they choose to do that. They've already ordered her to make corrections in some of the papers. She has to go back and she has to put in citations. She has to uh, put in quotation marks. They have not ordered her to do that in her dissertation. At this level, referring to someone who is become or who is in the running to become the president of a selective college or university, do you have any idea how common this is that someone has plagiarized or in a, or not given appropriate citations to someone else's work? In other words, do you think that Claudine Gay, as the president of Harvard, is the only leader of these elite universities who has done something like this? Probably not, and we wouldn't have found out if she hadn't given such disastrous testimony before Congress, because I think that when she could not unequivocally equivocally state 
that genocide against Jews, to advocate for genocide against Jews, that that would be something that would be, <laughs> that would, that if she couldn't say that Harvard would condemn that, that that would be something they wouldn't tolerate on that campus. That was, it required a straightforward answer. It didn't depend on the context, but she wasn't willing to say that. And then when she said it depends on the context of whether or not it moved to action, just immediately among people that have common sense, the question was, is she saying you actually have to kill someone before it becomes a violation of Harvard's rules? I totally agree with you that her testimony, as well as the Penn and MIT president's testimonies before Congress, were, were horrible. Intensely hypocritical that they would punish someone, as they do on Harvard's campuses, for misgendering people, but then they go, eh. The genocide of Jews depends on the context. I totally agree with you there. But putting October 7th and these university presidents' reactions to it aside for the moment and looking, really focusing in on this alleged plagiarism, Plagiarism? what do you think would be the appropriate punishment for Claudine Gay? Well, she should resign her position immediately. And she should resign because if she loves her alma mater, she would not want to continue to do great harm to it. And I contend that she's doing great harm to Harvard's already tarnished brand. And we know that there's been a 17% drop in uh, new applicants for early admissions. And we don't know whether or not that would carry on for regular admissions. And so the world is learning that a Harvard degree is not what it used to be. Harvard used to be a world-class university, but under the uh, tutelage of Dr. Dr. Um, Gay, and, you know, it's hard to say Dr. Gay when the debate out there is that she plagiarized her dissertation, and the dissertation is what Mm. gets you uh, your doctorate. You have to defend your dissertation. And so there's a lot of things out there that Harvard has not adequately addressed And it will probably be a a while before the dust is finally settled. But we know that Harvard announced that they were standing behind her and she is carrying on her presidential duties as if nothing happened. And in the meantime, there's evidence that her DEI regime on campus has been very destructive. And it uh, seems to uh, violate in some cases what I would argue uh, that it violates the civil rights laws and the Equal Protection Clause, when it targets white Americans, when it targets males, when the DEI programs elevate some groups above others, that's problematic. We'll be picking up on that more in the next segment. You know, it's interesting you say that it's dubious whether Dr. Gay deserves to be called Dr. Gay. I did notice Dr. Swain, who definitely deserves to be called Dr. Swain, that you referred to uh Claudine Gay as Miss Gay in your Wall Street yeah, Journal op-ed. Was yeah, that intentional? It was because of the fact that there's so much controversy around her dissertation. And mm-hmm. you asked me if other uh, high-profile people have plagiarized. They have. And some of them have gotten away with it. And some people have been forced to resign. They've been fired. Mm-hmm. And if you were a journalist at, at some point, but again, it depends on whether... I guess you're a Democrat, a Republican, a conservative, a liberal, because in some cases it destroys a career. In other cases, people just blink like nothing happened. 
MyPillow is excited to bring you their biggest bedding sale ever just in time for Christmas. Get the Giza Dream bed sheets for as low as $29.98, a set of pillowcases for only $9.98, and rejuvenate your bed with a MyPillow mattress topper for as low as $99.99. They also have blankets in a variety of sizes, colors, and styles. They even have blankets for your pets. Get duvets, quilts, down comforters, body pillows, bolster pillows, and so much more, all with the biggest discounts ever. They're also extending their money-back guarantee for Christmas until March 1st, 2024, making them great gifts for your friends, your family, and everyone you know. So go to MyPillow.com and use the promo code HARTMAN or call 1-800-566-6745. And you'll get big discounts on all my pillow bedding products, including the Giza Dream bed sheets for as low as twenty nine ninety eight. And get all your shopping down done now while quantities last. And now more with my interview with Carol Swain. Dr. Swain, we've been talking about this DEI complex, which has affected higher education, and as you said, not just higher education, but elementary schools and high schools all across the country. If there's one thing I've observed about this, and I'm, I'm very curious to hear your thoughts, is that DEI not only allows unqualified people to kind of get through the net and ascend to these ranks of being presidents of these, these elite universities, it, it not only allows unqualified people to do so, but it actually in a perverse way incentivizes boards of trustees to select unqualified people because an unqualified person knows that the only way that they got to their job is because this particular group of individuals bent the rules for them. Do you agree with my assessment? I would say that uh, DEI is dangerous because it's of its focus on equity, equal Mm. outcomes rather than equal opportunity. And when the Civil Rights Act of 1964 passed, its intent was to prohibit discrimination and to create opportunities for people who had been left outside the system. And there was outreach and there was an effort to bring people in and to integrate them into the environment. DEI does not care about integration. In fact, it would impose, it was a, it would oppose integration. It wants inclusion. And when it talks about diversity They want to bring in people with group identity, strong group identities, and have them fit into the mix, but not as individuals, but as representatives of their group. And they openly advocate for lowered standards because they paint all racial and ethnic minorities and members of beneficiary groups as victims. And so that is what uh, DEI does. And it uh, lowers the standards. You look at the Biden administration, their cabinet. Uh, President Biden has argued that he has the most diverse cabinet in American history. I mean, most Americans know that it's the most incompetent in American history. He has a vice president that no one has confidence in. If they did, uh, they would have already invoked the 25th Amendment against him. But this is where we are. And Claudine Gay is part of that. And it greatly offends me that Harvard University would even try or what, to do what they're doing, and that's redefine plagiarism to make it okay. And so this moral 
relativism has reached the point that there is no right or wrong, and Harvard thinks it gets to say, and it's decided that pleasurism is okay if it is done by someone that comes through their system. And I can tell you that Claudine Gay has had a world-class education. She went to uh, Phillips Exeter Academy. She was an undergraduate at Stanford and uh, Princeton. And she has a Harvard degree. I mean, she's had a world-class education. We should not make excuses for people. We should hold them accountable. She needs to be held accountable. And she needs to do the right thing and that step down. Dr. Swain, I'm so sorry that this happened to you, but I thank you very much for it's your commentary. It's not about me. Mm-hmm. <laughs> it's so much bigger than me. It really isn't about me. It's about American education and about our standards. Well, thank you for speaking out against this and for being a warrior, for restoring uh, high standards in, in higher education. I just want to shout out Dr. Swain's recent book, The Adversity of Diversity, which deals with many of the themes that we've been discussing very well. And also Dr. Swain's five-minute videos at PragerU. Obviously, I'm guest hosting for Dennis Prager. He founded PragerU. And this is especially important to me because when I was a sophomore at Harvard, I considered myself to be a pretty staunch liberal until I encountered PragerU and Dr. Swain's work. So thank you so much for being here. God bless you. And I hope to talk with you. you soon. Thanks so much for watching this interview. I hope that you enjoyed it. And as I said, write into me with what your answers to those questions would be. As a reminder, my email is julie at julie-hartman.com. And you can also follow me on Instagram and Twitter at Julie R. Hartman. Stay tuned right here on the Julie Hartman YouTube channel for more timeless episodes, especially ones that are coming up in the next few days having to do with Christmas. Take care, everyone. I'll see you soon.